I want the focus of our prayer to be for the United Kingdom right now. I mean, as all of you would know, you know, we've got a new prime minister. And, um, you know, I don't know if you, if you know this, and I've not done a lot of research yet, but I would like to find out some more about her in that way. But I am aware that her father is a vicar. I don't know if he's alive or not, but um, as I was just thinking about us praying for her, um, I felt like we need to pray into her righteous foundations. Everyone has got foundations. <laughs> if a father is a vicar, there's righteousness in a bloodline. I don't know how, how, how fervent she is as a, as a believer because they say she's religious. I don't know how fervent she is and, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like we have a responsibility to release prayers into that which is of God in her. Okay? Because God anoints people, whether they're saved or unsaved, to fulfill his purposes. Have you heard of Cyrus? Cyrus was a, was a Gentile king that was anointed by God to fulfill God's purposes. Okay? And if you study your scriptures carefully, you'll find that when the nation of Israel were in captivity and it was time for them to come out of captivity, there's a guy called Daniel. He was reading a prophecy from a guy called Jeremiah. So Daniel was reading his Bible and then he has a revelation. Oh, now is the time for us to be free. You know what he starts to do? He starts to pray and fast. And when he starts to pray and fast, if you read the book of Ezra, he talks about the, the king being stirred and released a decree. See, whatever that king did was as a result of something that had happened in the heavens. Okay? And then you read Daniel. Daniel starts to pray. And we don't have time to go into this scripture. But I want to give you an understanding as to why we need to pray for those in authority. Because the Bible says that. But you need to understand why. Daniel prays. And the angel came to him 21 days later. Uh, and says, uh, Daniel, from the first day, you know what, let me just turn there, because I think that's actually a good basis to, uh, to pray. So this is Daniel 10. Uh, it says, Daniel 10, 12. Um, let me see. Yeah, Daniel 10, 11. So the angel said, oh, Daniel, man, of, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While the angel was speaking this word, Daniel says he was trembling. Verse 12. The angel said, do not be afraid, Daniel. From the first day you set your heart to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Verse 12. 13 of Daniel 10. It says, But the prince of Persia withstood me 21... How many days? How many days? Okay. The prince of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Okay. Now, I want you to look at verse 1 of chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia. Okay, now just pause there and look at me for a moment before we pray. He says, in the third year of 
Cyrus, the king of Persia. That is the physical king. Okay, now look at later on in verse 13. But the prince of Persia withstood me. The person saying this is an angel. Okay, so he's talking about spiritual battle. So there is a king of Persia, and guess what? There is a prince of Persia. There is a prime minister in government. Guess what? There is a principality on the negative side. But when there is a principality on the negative side, guess what? There's also a principality on the positive side. Look at verse 13. It says, behold, Michael, one of your chief princes, angel Michael, a, 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 a prince, a principality, pretty much. A prince of Persia is a principality. Michael is a principality for the nation of Israel, according to my understanding of this scripture. So he's saying, there is a prince of Persia, demonic spirit, and there is a prince of, you know, a prince, a, uh, an angelic prince. And his job is to advance the purposes of God. His job is he responds to the prayers of the saints. Now, why did angel Michael respond? Because Daniel was praying. Daniel's fasting and prayers inaugurated warfare in the heavens. So if Daniel did not pray, you know what happened? The prince of Persia would have gained more ground and more influence with the king of Persia. Because you've got to understand, the laws and the things that happen, they do not just happen. A lot of the negative things that come out of government, many times, if not all the time, have their sources in the spiritual realm and ideologies that are demonic in nature, infiltrating governmental powers because the church is not praying to resist those forces, releasing the angelic princes to function. And I'm telling you, I don't have time to prove this, but where there is government... There is a lot of witchcraft. You see it in the book of Acts. Paul goes to preach to someone who is a governor. Next to the governor is a guy called Bar-Jesus, sorcerer. And his job was to stop Paul from preaching that message. He did not want the governor to hear that message because he didn't want to lose his influence. The witchcraft did not want to lose its influence over the governing body. And they're always close to people of power, Jezebel spirits. So if we don't pray, you know what happens? That spirit prevails. It's our prayer that resists the darkness. Whether the person in office is a Christian or not, saved or not, as long as we're praying, we can advance God's purposes in the land. But most Christians are reactive, not responsive. We are reacting to the issues. We're not responding in the spirit. So we only react when we hear, oh, the law is about to be passed. Oh, now we're going to pray. Lord, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> we are watchmen on the wall. We should have been standing there restricting the ideologies. My wife and I and some in the office, we pray regularly for the God. I want to challenge you. Even if it's just a sentence, Lord, I pray for your wisdom over Theresa May and the cabinet. Lord, raise up voices of righteousness. Silence the voice of the enemy. Simple prayer. Say it just confidently. Pray daily. Pray it often. As you remember, you listen to the news and all they're saying, you know, the media, you know what they're like. Saying all this stuff, arguing and saying this. Lord, release your wisdom over the government right now. Because she has a father that's a vicar, tell, that tells me she has some righteous roots. 
And we, do you understand me right now? We are going to pray into, um, Clement, if you can come up on the keys, that'll be awesome. We are going to pray into her righteous foundations. That those foundations will begin to speak. And that as she's choosing people in different positions right now, I don't know if she's finished yet. Well, she's kind of, you know, organizing a government and all that. That she will have divine wisdom. And that she will be led by God to pick the right people in the right positions. And that those who are connected themselves with evil will not be able to manipulate the direction of this nation. Okay? So right now, I want you to lift your hands with me. Pray in tongues if you can right now. As we lift our hands, it's a sign of intercession. We lift up Theresa May and we lift up the cabinet that she's picking right now. Malana Mazandu Lehati Akati Alana Mandua Ziti Latuna Namandi Lestole Katine Zita Latule de Balacatuna Zena Malana Nanana Nanana Father, we lift up the Prime Minister. Today is her first day in office. So we lift her up before you right now. And we pray that your will will be done in her. Your kingdom will come over her. You will manifest your will through her in the name of Jesus. Father, we say, let your wisdom, let your revelation be released over her in this season to manage this nation and lead it in the right direction. Father, we tap into her righteous roots. We pray into her foundations. We say, Father, let righteousness begin to speak from her foundations in her leadership. Let righteousness speak. Righteousness speak. The voice of righteousness come forth in Jesus' name. We say the voice of righteousness will not be silenced. The voice of righteousness will not be silenced. Let her righteous roots begin to speak. We say she will not succumb to political correctness. She will not be bound by the system. She will not be restricted. But she would move in the light of your revelation. Father, dreams and visions will release over her right now. Dreams and visions will release over her right now. Prophetic encouragement. The right word in the right season. Raise up prophets around her. Raise up prophets. Daniels. Raise up Josephs around her. Silence the voice of deception. Silence the voice of the accuser. Silence the voice of witchcraft. Silence the voice of Jezebel. Silence the voice of darkness and perversion. In the name of Jesus, we take a stand. Thank you, Clement. Um, so I want to encourage you to, uh, uh, to, to make a commitment to pray regularly for the government. It doesn't have to be for 30 minutes, just a short prayer, you know, even just a sentence. Lord, I just pray you have wisdom over them. Imagine all Christians across the nation just praying like that. <laughs> that would have a massive impact, I'm telling you. It will have a massive impact. Most Christians are releasing curses over the land as opposed to blessing it. 
um, and again, that has a massive impact, you know. So it's good that we learn um, the, the responsibility we have. Uh, today, I want to uh, just touch briefly on something that I feel stirring in my heart as I was praying about this meeting. Um, I'm going to try not to be too long because I want us to spend a lot of time praying. And um, a, a lot of what I want us to pray into is not so much praying for the nation. We've just done that. It's actually you're praying for ourselves. Um, and learning how to discern and nullify demonic harassment. <laughs> and um, I felt like what was stirring in my heart was last month I shared this scripture from uh, Numbers 33, 50. 50 to 53 and then 55. Uh, this is the Lord speaking uh, to Moses. The, now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the, by the Jordan across from Jericho saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then just watch the words that the Lord speaks. Then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land Okay, you shall destroy all their engraving stones. Okay, and you should destroy all their molding images. You shall demolish all their high places. And then you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land. And then you shall dwell in it. You can't dwell effectively in the land that God has called you to dwell in if you don't do all the above. <laughs> What did he say? Drive out, destroy, demolish, and dispossess. That is language of battle. Some people think because God has promised the, the, the promised land, it just comes easily. The fact that God has promised something does not mean it just comes without a fight. In fact, God let them go through the fighting. Because they needed to learn war. And I want to touch on some things I see going on in a few friends, and also me, and just seeing around. Um, and again, I always come back to this, this ideology, because I feel like we're not, um, we're not really learning to, to really be effective as individuals. And it's this, we're all called to be an army. But we cannot be an army if as individuals we're not soldiers. In the kind of days we live in, you know, most times a lot of the responsibilities are placed on the, on the leaders, on the pastors. Oh, pastor, pray for me, I'm struggling. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for prayer. It's not wrong to ask for prayer. But what I'm trying to say is, perhaps we're depending on other people fighting the battles we are supposed to be fighting. And by so doing, we don't become strong. And by so doing, we don't become the army. How many of you are going through battles right now? It's time to find your war mode. And fix your mind like a soldier that's saying, we are going to press through and there is no retreat. 
And we have to learn how to wield the sword. And we need to learn how to advance. And when I read these scriptures, especially how God spoke to the nation of Israel, and how, you know, because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So when the Lord is saying to them, dispossess, destroy, for us in the New Testament, that is a revelation of what we're dealing with right now. And I want to I, I, I almost I, I want to I want to invite you into learning how to do some personal warfare. I want to invite you into not just to do it when there's trouble, because <laughs> we only learn we like I said before we only tend to re, uh, uh, what's the word we we react to situations we don't learn to avert things when we see the signs when we start to discern the manipulations. And many times we don't even discern his manipulations of the enemy. So because we don't discern his manipulations of the enemy, the enemy then gains authority and uh, starts to, you know, mess about with us in situations. Um, I felt like the Lord was stirring in my heart these words, that the enemy is harassing my people. <laughs> and I could feel that stirring in my heart. And I feel like the Lord was wanting to cause us to not be harassed by the enemy, we're supposed to be harassing the enemy. (laughs) You remember David? When he faced Goliath, he ran towards Goliath. Most of us are running away from Goliath. God, I need help me. (laughs) He, He ran towards Goliath. You're not supposed to be running from the enemy. You're never supposed to be running from the enemy. The enemy is supposed to be running from you. Now, if you study the battle very carefully, the battle between David and Goliath, the battle did not start in the physical realm. The battle started in the spiritual realm. How do I know that? Because Goliath started by cursing. He cursed David. He took the battle from the... Because I'm, 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 I'm probably, I'm one, probably Goliath had never seen someone running towards him. It's like, this is an unusual... <laughs> All Goliath's life, people have been running from him. But now this guy that's got no weapons, seemingly, is running towards him. So he starts to invoke something in the spirit. And it starts to, because if you read the Old Testament, they, they, they understood spiritual warfare. <laughs> the, the unbelievers, the Philistines, will go to their gods and do all this craziness. And the Jews, the people of God, will also go to Jehovah. And every time they really sought Jehovah, they won. But sometimes they wouldn't, and they'll be defeated. Or maybe there was other issues in the camp, and they'll be defeated. Goliath started by cursing David. He took the battle into the realm of the spirit. And David responded in the spirit too. Before any stone was released in the natural, the battle was won in the spirit. And today, I'm telling you, I feel the need to begin to call us into a place, to begin to pick up our own weapons. I'm not talking about fighting for the next person. I'm talking about learning how to fight yourself. Because when you learn how to fight, and I learn how to fight, and we come together, we can fight effectively for nations. 
Because we all know how to fight. But one of the main problems is most of us don't know how to fight our own battles. So I want to talk briefly about identifying some things of the enemy. How do you identify um, uh, uh, the enemy at work in your life? Um, John 10, 10, I believe it is, says, uh, uh, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then the Lord says, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Um, that's his assignment. And then he says later um, that for this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. Now, I want you to understand, I am not trying to cast the demon out of everything around me. I am trying, and I'm trying, I am only wanting to kick out the enemy that's standing in my way. Because I have authority to do that. When God has called me to go in this direction, and I can see the enemy standing in my way, I better learn how to kick him out. Because he's going to try to oppose you. And again, I know I say this all the time, but it's worth repeating. Because we have people near all the time. Satan is not the opposite of God. Because God has no opposites. Okay? Satan is the created being. God is not. If there was an opposite for Satan, it'd probably be another archangel or something. I don't know. But Satan is not the opposite of God. And by talking about this, I'm not trying to get us to just focus on our enemy. Because some people say, well, you only just focus on the enemy. You're focusing on the enemy. You're not focusing on God. Well, it's, 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 it's foolish to always focus on the enemy. But it's equally foolish to ignore your enemy. <laughs> when you're in a battle... You have to be aware of the enemy. Do not be ignorant of his devices, the Bible says. So ignorance means lack of knowledge. You need to have awareness. You need to have discernment to identify, oh, this is the enemy. Because sometimes we're labeling things wrongly. If, if a sickness has come by a spirit of infirmity, if you read the Bible very carefully, when Jesus was healing people, many times he will cast out the spirit of infirmity. Okay? If a sickness has its root in the spirit of infirmity, no medicine will fix that sickness. Because the source of the, of the sickness is in the spirit realm. Now, I'm not saying every single sickness has a source of the spirit. Because some sickness is just, you know, bad, whatever, bad diet, bad this. I'm, not, I'm talking about there's certain things that are just, in fact, I heard a story recently. I was sharing this with Judith in the office. I heard this from Derek Prince. This lady is a Christian. She's working in this place. And she finds out that a lot of the people working there are part of this cult. Or, you know, they, they kind of all do this weird spiritual stuff and they're connected to this guru person that gives them blessings so one day her boss came and says you know our guru or you know this person they've all been in this weird thing with this occultic meeting with says our guru has given us a blessing to release over the business can you please type out this blessing so this guru gave her, uh, sorry so her boss gave her these blessings in quote to type out so she's typing out thinking this is not blessings <laughs> So she goes to him and says, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't type it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, it, it, I, just, I just don't feel like I can do this. And he was gracious. He's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry to offend you. You know, I didn't know this was going to go against your belief and all that kind of stuff. So he takes it back. Well, you know what happens after that? Her fingers start to go like this. And she starts to have crazy pain, uncontrollable in her fingers, to the point where she couldn't sleep at night. Because any movement in the bed by husband causes pain. So she goes to the doctor. The doctor says, oh, you got arthritis in your fingers. Okay. So she's going on with this. Now, one of her friends heard uh, Derek Prince's uh, teaching on uh, breaking curses and uh, wanted her to listen to it. So this friend gave her this tape to listen to about breaking curses. She puts the tape in a tape player to play. The tape jams. <laughs> wouldn't play and wouldn't eject. <laughs> <laughs> and then her friend says, you know what, I've actually, and there's a prayer, there's a, there's a prayer at the end of the tape. So she was listening to the tape, and then when it got to the point of that prayer, the tape jammed, wouldn't play, and wouldn't eject. Her friend said, you know what, I've actually written out the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> so right the, the prayer only took about two, three minutes, okay? Mind you, she's with arthritis in her fingers, struggling pain. So they start to go through the prayer. As they're going through the prayer, in the space of two, three minutes, she's totally healed. Why? Because they dealt with the spirit that was causing the arthritis. That was not natural. You know what happened? They, the, the guru, whoever that person was, probably released a curse over her in some way. Now, don't ask me how it is that the curses can affect her. I don't understand how all these things work. But I have seen them work in relationships. And I've seen them work in practical situations. And I've seen the reverse. When we take authority, it goes. Okay? So some of these things you need to start to understand and be able to identify patterns. And, you know, when you begin to uh, see the enemy do some crazy things, I think it's, this is some of the ways I would identify the enemy. Um, negative recurring patterns in your life. Negative recurring patterns. Every year in November, <laughs> you fall ill. Every time you're about to go into a relationship or you're about to get a job or something is about to happen, it seems like everything just stops or you're hindered. You're, it's like you, you feel like you can't make any progress. You, whenever you make a okay, God, I'm going to seek you right now. I'm going to go after you. It's in that time, the greatest things of distractions start to stir up in your life, whether it's turmoil or sometimes it could be good distractions. But somehow, anytime you want to make progress, you're limited. Torment in the mind. Torment in the emotions. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. You're not able to sleep at night and there's torment constant. You know, you, you just, just things going around in your mind and you're just paralyzed by fear. When, when you're paralyzed in your will to do what you want to do, there is some sort of influence from another world. You want to do something, you, you know, you, you want to do the right thing. But somehow it's, it's like your will is paralyzed. Something is going on. Paralysis to act in line of what you really do want to do, I think is a sign of bondage. 
things going dramatically wrong suddenly. I think uh, I've done these furnaces and these meetings long enough to begin to identify some patterns. <laughs> Just before we start the meeting, you know what happens? <laughs> All hell breaks loose. <laughs> And I'm pulled in this direction. I'm pulled in that direction. I'm thinking, and disorientation. Because the enemy knows what God has to do in this meeting and assignment. So you know what he tries to do? He tries to bring disorientation by circumstances. Now, I need to be careful and I need to be more aware. Even my wife was reminding me today, it's like, James, you just need to be aware right now. This is the enemy. Yeah. So you know what? We took authority. And guess what? That was it. Done. And um, when you start to go through some of these things, these symptoms, and you can see the patterns, you can see, you need to be able to identify who the real enemy is. And I would say that the seven Ds, the seven evil Ds, doubt, discouragement, depression, distress, disappointment, disillusionment, and defeat. You want me to say that again? <laughs> doubt discouragement, depression, distress, disappointment, disillusionment, and defeat. When those emotions are predominantly just resting over you, something is going on, and you need to find your war mode. Everyone say war mode. (laughs) You need to find your war mode, and don't move from that war mode until things shift. Don't move. Um, many times I find my own warm mode. My wife would tell you, I go into the room in our house that's not connected to the next door and the other house, and I find my warm mode. <laughs> and I can release what needs to be released. And afterwards, I feel happy. <laughs> um, so, quickly, dealing with the enemy. I'm just going to run through this quickly. If you want to deal with the enemy, you recognize patterns in your life that are not right. You want to deal with the enemy first. You need to be born again. You need to be right with God. If you're here and you're not in a relationship with God, you cannot deal with the enemy. Because guess what? The enemy has power. The Lord says, I give you authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. The enemy has power. Do not be ignorant. The enemy has power. But... The Bible says God is giving you authority that trumps that power because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all these things. And I like the fact that it says far above. Okay? It says you're seated in heavenly places, not just above. Far above. So the enemy, guess where he is? He's under your feet. And I always like to say this. Anything under your feet should not be dominating your head. If he's under my feet, I need to put him where he is. There's sometimes when God has specific assignments for you to do, maybe something very significant is coming up, then me will just stir things up around you. And, you know, if you're married, sometimes you start to have all kinds of battles going on. And you need to understand that, The enemy is not your spouse. 
<laughs> Thank you, Janet. <laughs> you both need to stop fighting and say, we need to deal with the real enemy right now. <laughs> well, we need to address every, any natural thing and deal with the real enemy. Don't give the enemy any foothold. I think it's important you start by being right with God. If you get right with God in this next moment, in that same moment, you have authority over the powers of the enemy. You don't have to wait for five years. Uh, but if you don't get right with God, it's impossible to exercise authority over him. Um, and I, w- I don't have time to go into some of these things. You've got to know your identity. You've got to know who you are when you deal with the enemy. Um, you gotta, you got to have a sense of who God's called you to be. Um, because when you're dealing with the op- opposition of darkness, there has to be an inner conviction of who you are and whose you are. When you speak from that place of identity, the enemy knows you know what you're talking about. Okay? You have to know who you are. You can't run away from that. So, uh, so one, you have to be born again. Two, you have to know your identity. Three, you have to... You have to know the authority that you have. I've already kind of touched on that briefly. God has given you authority to uh, trade on snakes and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. Um, Another thing I want to add, maybe I'll I'll put it as an extra point. Actually, I'll add this first, what I'm about to say, to the first point. You can't, and I say this all the time, if you want to deal with the enemy and situations in your life, the first thing you need to do is submit yourself to God. If there's unforgiveness, if there's unconfessed sin, if there's known sin and it's all going on and you're aware of it and it's not dealt with, you cannot do anything. You have no authority to deal with the enemy because right there, he already has ground. So that ground needs to be taken out. You need to get rid of all that. And you do that by submitting yourself to God, repenting and dealing with all that stuff. So that needs to be said because we're going to go into some prayer in a moment. Another point. I'll say this as number four. Uh, you need to learn how to grow strong in spirit. I touched on this, the last furnace. So you can listen to some of the teaching from that if you want to find out more. You need to grow strong in spirit. Um, and in growing strong in spirit, some of the key things, your prayer life, your time in the word, worship, fasting. These are tools and these are things that help you grow strong in spirit. I don't have time to go into all of that today, right now. Um, I want to touch on... So that's number four. I want to touch on two things, number five and number six. And they they may sound quite contradictory, but they are actually the same. Or, I don't know. Anyway, you hear what I'm about to say in a moment. Now this, most of us don't realize how powerful this is. This is peace. Do you remember when Jesus faced the storm? He rebuked the wind and spoke peace to the, uh, to, the, to the waves. He says, peace be still. He rebukes the storm. And then he rebukes his disciples <laughs> for not being able to deal with that storm. And I don't have time to go into this right now. Because I believe he rebukes his disciples because they had the authority to deal with it. Because the storm got in the way of what he'd asked them to do. He said to them, get to the other side. And the storm came up. So they had authority to deal with the storm. They didn't deal with it. He's like, you know. And what did they do? They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, help us. That's prayer. When you go to Jesus and say, oh, God, help me. That's prayer. Jesus rebukes his disciples for praying. 
Now, you've got to understand, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, help me. But there are times when you've been a Christian long enough, God expects you to exercise the authority he's given you to stand against the storm and so say, oh, God, help me. No, rebuke the storm. I've told you to get to the other side. Get to the other side and do it. It's like I give you a key and I say, you open that door. And you keep coming to me and say, please help me open the door. I'm like, there's the key. Open the door. Please help. That's what we do many times in prayer. We don't rebuke the enemy. We're just saying, God, help me. And God's like, you do it. Rebuke him. He didn't say, uh, 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 what's it now? Uh, uh, Resist the enemy. He didn't say, pray to God to help you resist the enemy and he will flee. You're the one that does the resisting. Now, this idea of peace is this. It's not so much, I mean, the miracle is Jesus did calm the storm. Yes, that's incredible. But actually, I think what's more incredible is where he did it from. He was sleeping. So they're going crazy, and Jesus is sleeping. That's a picture of peace. He got up from the place of peace to deal with the storm. Do you know why the disciples couldn't deal with the storm? The storm had got into them. You can't deal with the storm if it's all stormy in here. <laughs> in terms of negatives, because there's good storm as well. <laughs> this is prayer storm. <laughs> when the bad kind of storm is going on in here, worry, anxiety, and you have to fight for your peace. That's why it says the God of peace would crush Satan. See, peace is a form of warfare. So sometimes you need to learn how to fight. And one of the great things to help you in that line is to be able to get into the presence of God in worship. You can't worship and worry at the same time. And then, number six, which will seem opposite to that, but really is one and the same. The only language the enemy understands is violence. Did you hear me? The only language the enemy understand, it understands is spiritual violence. Matthew 11. The kingdom of God is suffering violence. And it's the violent that advance and take it by force. That's not natural violence. That is spiritual violence. In other words, you don't, you, don't, you don't deal with storms lying on your bed going, God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, I... And you're just yawning and you're just like, you know, your, your, your whole body, your posture is not in alignment with the seriousness of the moment. See... When you're really serious about something you're dealing with, you don't have to shout. Your tone carries the seriousness. Hannah did not say much when she prayed. But there was fire in her prayer. You know Hannah when she prayed for a baby for, for Samuel? She prayed intensely. That is violence. We like to pray very comfortably. Hand in the pocket. Yes, God, if you want to do this, do it. (laughs) You 
don't deal with the enemy and just you're like, oh yeah, you know, enemy, if you want to go. <laughs> and, and this is something we need to embrace more in the Western church. Fervency in prayer. I mean, your whole body is showing your fervency. It's not about volume. It's about authenticity and intensity. Hannah was not shouting, but she was, what's the name? Eli looked at her and could tell this woman is intense. Sometimes I'm leading prayer meetings. I'm looking at people. I'm like, are you here? (laughs) We're standing against, and you're just like, When you're dealing with the enemy, you deal with the enemy like you're dealing with a real enemy that's trying to steal something from you that's very precious to you. Just like I say, the, the Satan will not come into your house. Take your child. Start, no, not even Satan. Some stranger will not come into your house. Take your child. Start walking out. And you just sit there watching TV. Comfortable. You're going to arise. There's going to be an alarm in you. Who are you? What are you doing here? Get out. You have to understand that this enemy is out to destroy. It's out to kill anything of God in you. Because you're here, you're a target. And the fact that you deal with him once doesn't mean he doesn't come again. You deal with him on this side, he tries to hit you on that side. And you have to learn how to hit him on that side too. You have to learn how to fight. There is no giving up. Are you with me? You need to find your war mode. The power of God is no respecter of age, race, or culture, or even sex. So you don't, don't tell me, oh, well, you know, you just, you, you Africans, you're just so intense, you know. That's, that's. <laughs> when the enemy comes against you and you feel like you're dying, maybe you will learn that it's time to be intense. You cannot be drowning. Someone can take you to the ocean and start drowning you, and you just be casual. You just be like, oh, yeah, just. <laughs> A fight is going to rise in you. I'm trying to say to you, where is your fight? If the enemy is attacking your children, where is your fight? You don't just pray some, you don't pray some comfortable prayers. Mysterious situations require mysterious prayers. Crazy situations require crazy prayers. Are you with me? We have to learn how to switch and respond in the spirit to the enemy. Not in the flesh, in the spirit. And there has to be that inner, that, that, that inner, uh, uh, that, that fight Many of us give up too easy. So today, what I feel stirred in my heart is just the need to communicate to you as people who are called to be in the army of God. Wake up, soldiers. And I'm not asking you to fight the battle of the person next to you. I'm saying, I want you to fight your own battle. I want you, I want you to see your own victory. Then when I come to you and I say, now we're going to pray for this community, you have some faith because you've seen the bear killed. 
And you say, David, you've, you've killed the bear, you've killed the lion, now we're going to deal with Goliath. Most of us don't even know how to deal with the bear and the lion. And now we want to face Goliath. We have to arise. And you see, what I'm talking to you about right now is not theory, because I go through this. My wife will tell you. We've been through some uh, crazy situations that I just know is of the enemy. And I know the Lord has allowed some of the situations to happen to also train me up. So what I say is I've got some battle scars. Months on end, taking a stand in the spirit. And the situation is not looking like it's changing on the natural. I am not going to change my stance. Prayer is an act of defiance. Listen, prayer is an act of defiance in the face of what is. But in the name of what God has promised. So, whatever is going on right now in the natural that is opposing what God has promised, your response is an act of defiance, and that is prayer. And I say it all the time, I'll say it here. A casual approach to prayer produces casualties. You cannot be casual about this. Have you seen the Jews when they pray at the Wailing Wall? Why do they do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there's something about the physical posture that's communicating a position of a heart before God. And as I've studied certain people, I found that when they get intense in prayer, they have weird physical things they do. <laughs> Can anyone identify when you're dealing with a crazy situation, you do not care how you look. I'm telling you, when I have had breakthrough in prayer, when I know I've had breakthrough in prayer, has been in those times where mostly I'm by myself. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm not even bothered about her, but the fervency is so real, I can feel my body, my soul, my spirit, all one. The reason why you're not having breakthrough is perhaps you're not one in yourself. Your mouth is saying one thing, but your soul is, is somewhere else, your mind is somewhere else, your body is somewhere else. You're, you're not one in yourself. You, we have to take this stance and not move. I mean, it was like, okay, I'm going to die here. Either one of us has to die. <laughs> and I'm not giving up. I am going to take this stand. And you see, the reason why I feel the need to really teach this is I've spent time praying with people, a lot of people, you know, about this situation, that situation. I don't have a problem praying with people. But sometimes I'm praying and I'm, and I'm like... I, I want to hear your war. I want to hear your war cry. I, I want to hear your fight. I'm telling you this message. I'm, I'm speaking these words to you right now. I guarantee you in the next few days, you're going to be tested. <laughs> or maybe the next week, some situations are going to arise. And you've got to discern, this has come from another world. Go into your war room and deal with it right there. I'll round up with this. When Jesus was... Um, um, talking to Peter, 
And then Peter said to Jesus, not to go to the cross. Peter had just said to him, you know, you're the son of God, da 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 you know. And then a few verses later, Peter is rebuking Jesus for, for wanting to go to the cross. Do you remember that? Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Jesus discerned the source of the words that Peter was speaking. Now, if Jesus did not discern that, listen carefully to this. This is very important because this all happens to me and this all happens to us many times. If, if Jesus did not discern the source, he would have got angry with Peter. And you know what would have happened? The spirit behind Peter would have known then that Jesus was ignorant of what was going on and by so doing gained more authority in that situation. I want to suggest to you that many relational challenges have their source in another world. Every thought that comes into your head is not your thought. Every thought that comes into your mind is not your thought. God releases thoughts to your mind. You have your own thoughts. And sometimes there's what we call demonic projections. Thoughts projected. Even sometimes even emotions projected. So in those moments, you need to understand you're dealing with something else here. You need to deal with the source of it. Do you understand with me? If the band can come up, that would be awesome. I want you to find your war mode. I believe this second half of the year, July, well, maybe this is a personal word, but I want to release it because I think it's something that connects to some people here. I feel like God wants us to move into our promised land. But there's some enemies there that we need to dispossess. And as we're moving into this promised land, I feel like God wants to release a new, um, it's not new, but it's like God wants to, it's like an acceleration God wants to bring to the things of his purposes in our lives. It feels like the Lord wants to bring an acceleration. That's what I've been feeling this last uh, maybe two, three months. I've been having that word, acceleration, acceleration into the purposes of God. But many times the enemy brings opposition, barriers, restrictions. So you can't pray effectively in, uh, in faith when you don't know what the will of God is. Faith can not be exercised where the will of God is unknown. Well, let me say it again. Effective, violent faith cannot be exercised where the will of God is unknown. 
That's why you need to be in the Word. And that's why you need to know what God's been saying to you. Your, what's, God promise, what's God's promises to you? What has God said to you about your parents? What has God said to you about your children? What has God said to you about the calling on your life? What has God said to you about your destiny? You have to be convinced about it. Because when you start to pray, your war mode needs to align with that Word. And you need to be in defiance to the enemy. Saying the enemy, you will not have my calling. You will not have my destiny. You will not have my emotions. You will not have my family. No, I will give you no ground. You will not have my relationships. No. Enough of the manipulations. I will not tolerate the manipulations of the enemy in my relationships. I am declaring this is a no-go zone. You walk around your house and you begin to speak. You begin to say, Lord, this is my territory. This is a no-go zone for the enemy. Some of you are being attacked in your dreams. You're not able to sleep because you're being... See, dreams are real. I have had dreams that I know were not dreams. We're not just a dream. It was a spiritual attack. If you're being tormented in your dream, you're being chased in your dream, you're, you're having all these negative emotions in your dreams, perversion going on in your dreams, that is not right. When your spirit is strong, when you go to sleep, your spirit is fighting. No one chases you in your dream, you chase them. I'm telling you, I've seen this happen I went to speak somewhere recently. In the hotel room, I'm, li- I'm sleeping in. I'm having a dream, but the dream is played out in the hotel room. And I'm attacked by spirit in the hotel room. I knew it wasn't a dream because it was exactly in that room. And you know what I did? In the dream, even though it's a dream, I took authority over it. And I say, I released the fire of God against you. You know what happened? It disintegrated. I woke up a happy man. Because I dealt with it in the dream. While I must, see, when you invest in your spirit, in your dream, your spirit is fighting and winning ground. That's why you have to be strong in the spirit. And some of you have been tormented. It's, it's from the pit of hell. And I'm here to say to you, don't just ask someone else to pray for you. Right now, I want you to arise with holy anger against the enemies of God in your life. And the purposes of God in your life. And right now, I just want you to begin to pray in the Spirit. And now, if you don't know how to, if you don't pray in tongues, one, I want to ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit. And I want you to, if, if you don't pray in tongues, you can pray in your understanding. Just begin to invite the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I invite you. Jesus I invite you into my life. If you're not, if you're not surrender your life to Jesus, don't wait. This is the time to do it. Surrender your life. Surrender your heart to Jesus right now. Say, God, I surrender my heart to you. And if you can pray in tongues right now, I want you to pray in the Spirit. Sometimes you might want to just find a corner. Maybe you feel, maybe you feel restricted where you're sat. You might want to just face the wall, or you might want to just pace back and forth. Find a comfortable position to pray fervently in. This is not time for casual prayers. I'm telling you, I have been a casualty of casual prayers. And I'm saying no more. 
No more. I'm going to arise with holy violence, spiritual violence. And I want you to begin to take a stand. Pray in the Spirit. Stir your spirit up right now. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to arise. You're going to speak to yourself. You're going to say, Lord, I arise. I arise in the Spirit. I arise in the Spirit. I take on my weapons right now. The sword of the Spirit. The breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. The shield of faith. The shoes of the gospel. I arise in the Spirit. The glory of God is my rare God. I am not intimidated. I will not be oppressed and overcome. I arise. I arise. I arise in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, arise within me. Baptize me with fire. Let there be fire in my mouth as I advance in this prayer. Fire in my mouth as I advance in this prayer. Fire in my mouth as I advance in this prayer. Fire on my emotions. Fire on my body. Fire as I advance in this prayer. I arise. I arise. I arise. I arise. I arise. I arise. There are no more negotiations. No more negotiations with the enemy. No more negotiations. I arise, I arise, I arise, I arise, I arise. I, rise. I take charge. I take charge. Zebalana, 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 Zebal